Here's Blake to Roy. This is for the Hello and welcome into the Backyard Banter Podcast. I am your host, Connor Scott, and joining me this episode, as they do on most, Tyler Bagenstoss and Kyle George. Boys, March Madness once again has lived up to its name. It has been absolutely crazy on both men's and women's side of the bracket. Yes. On the men's side, we have San Diego State, Florida Atlantic, Miami, and UConn making up your final four. Uh, and of course, we'll dive into that. And then on the women's side, we have a couple teams playing for it right now, but it looks like it's going to be Iowa, LSU, South Carolina, and Virginia Tech. So, okay, I guess that one's a little more chalk, a little more chalk on that side. But at the same time, wow, focusing in on the men's side, Tyler, what's been your takeaway of this year's March Madness? Fun, fun is being had, and I am watch or I'm loving watching all of these games, like. I just I didn't watch college basketball at all this year. Zero. And then when I got to the March Madness, it was just all these teams popping up, popping up out of nowhere that were like super fun to watch. Like I fell in love with Kansas State and that Noel guy, that guard who like was repping New York. He was in Madison Square Garden and just balling like he, he had. It's not like he was just scoring too. I think he had like 20 assists or something. Yeah. In one game, I think 19 or 20. For me, it's like I don't have a team in it. I know Kyle does, and I know we're excited to hear his uh, thoughts on how the Gonzaga Bulldogs played this year. But um, as a super casual viewer, dude, it's been super fun and interesting to watch. And Kyle, before we dive into Gonzaga, what's been um, kind of your takeaway from this year's kind of variety in March Madness, you know, a little bit? Obviously, the first time we've never or we've ever seen no number one seeds in the Elite Eight, so... You knew it was already um, off the off its rocker there. What's been your kind of takeaway from this March? Yeah, the consensus I feel like going into this tournament was that this was the weakest group of one seeds, and obviously that's evidenced by them not being in the Elite Eight. But I just think if you look at the trajectory of college basketball over the last, I mean, five to six seasons, it's kind of been trending in this direction where seeding is becoming less and less of an important issue or important thing. And it's more about, you know, who's playing well, who's hot kind of going into the tournament and with the transfer portal, you know, the G league kind of becoming what it is taking away certain talents. Like it just, there's so much more variety now in the, in, in March yeah. and it's just making it so much more entertaining. Um, it, it just makes like everyone loves March madness and I almost forget how great it is every year until it comes yeah, back. I do too. <laughs> um, but even more so over the last few years, just, Every every game, like it can be a one sixteen, a two fifteen, it doesn't matter. They're all so unpredictable. Almost every game ends up being like within a ten point game. Uh, it's just super enjoyable, and it makes it way more fun because let's be honest, there's never going to be a perfect bracket at this rate. Like there's no, no shot it's ever. No one's even close. No, especially <laughs> this year. And like, Con, do you, do you think it's gotten more like? It's obviously less chalky this year. Is am I stating something obvious? Is it going to be less chalky going forward? Even like, does it really? No, mean- that's a great question. I think I think Kyle hit on something that I've noticed as well, and that's like I think it's going to continue to be more um, of this tournament's nature going forward, where you see a lot of the lower seeds um, with a real fighting chance to advance in each game, um, and I think a huge reason for that's a transfer portal is like mm-hmm. where. 
all the blue bloods are going to continue to get the high school recruits that don't go to the G league or don't go to overtime elite, you know, whatever options are out there. But at the same time, um, with those recruits coming in, that means they have, they're going to be less active in the transfer portal because they're leaving those spots open. And in March time and time again, what do we see? It's that experience wins, you know, mm-hmm. like the, uh, Oh, so the teams are playing longer together. It, well, not even longer together, but just players that have the experience. Oh, okay, I mean, a lot okay, of the okay. times it's like a fifth-year guy. Like, um, I think Marquise Noel for Kansas State, I think he's a fifth-year transfer, and this was mm. like his first year with mm-hmm. the program. Okay. And you see the chemistry is there because I think he's so experienced. And it's really been like a strength for Gonzaga in the past is like, yes, if you can get a team that plays together as well for four years, that helps. But just having veteran guys which sounds weird to say about college is such a game changer and with the transfer portal I think it provides some of these like mid-tier um, non-blue blood schools a real opportunity to make make runs late in the season okay yeah no I I, I agree with that and I know we're going to get into Gonzaga more but me being the homer I have to bring it up I think it's just kind of like as a fan of them it makes you feel so much they don't have a national championship that's always going to be the knock but it's it's really satisfying seeing like the tournament success they've had over the last 10 seasons because no other program has really been able to match it and to have seven straight sweet 16s. It's like, and they're always one of those top seeds. They have, they haven't been that one seed that's lost in the first weekend. You know what I mean? Like they they're continuously performing well in the Mm -hmm. tournament at a high level, which makes it enjoyable. But I mean, shit, man, until you get a national championship, I guess it just doesn't matter these days. (laughs) <laughs> well that is that is crazy though to, to, I had no idea it was like seven or eight now whatever it is sweet 16s in a row that is pretty nuts and like you said there's never really um a time where they're even in trouble the first weekend you know it's always pretty simple down to the sweet 16 for them so it's it's definitely been dominant to that point um and don't I, you think oh god sorry con but I've been seeing a lot of like a lot of the teams have I mean there's been really poor shooting that I've been right. seeing. There's a That's... couple teams with these guards who are knocking down shots. Like Tammy can still dominate you a game but you're going to need someone to I mean not that you don't have guys that stepped up. I'm, I'm not I don't even know what I'm trying to say. I've just, I've just been seeing these teams remaining have been have the better guard play. Well guard play almost always wins the NCAA tournament. That's like yes. kind of the the nature of the game is the teams that have the most consistent slash experience slash best shooting guards uh-huh. are the teams that are the most dangerous. And that's why, yeah. that's why a lot of these smaller schools are able to compete, I think, because mm-hmm. guards, let's be honest, there's more talented guards than there are elite level bigs, I think, across the country. Right. I, I just think that's just kind of the nature of the position. And so that's why I think a lot of these like Ivy League schools and non-Power 5 schools that have those one or two really skilled guard some of them transfers maybe some of them not it's allowing them to compete against these teams that maybe are carried by uh, you know a big like a drew timmy and they're able to take advantage of the guard play um because that's where you can really square off head to head and it's awesome like i mean it's so it's so entertaining uh, it is. but yeah shooting is definitely the nature of the game in this tournament and that's like florida atlantic's evidence that i yes. mean san diego state's not really the best shooting team but they're a really good defensive team and so that's kind of kept them in games I mean, well, UConn, UConn is, holy UConn shit, is, dude. Well, they, like, they remind me of the Baylor team shooting-wise. The other, Like, they're just elite shooters left and right, every single one of them. It's amazing. And so so on that note, let's get into kind of um, 
the experience of Gonzaga this March for you, Kyle. Um, after seeing the tournament, you know, after the first weekend where we saw um, a lot of the one seeds and, and really a lot of the high seeds or blue blood names that you're used to seeing late in March go down, um, did it feel a little bit, especially entering the Elite Eight and the win versus UCLA, like it was kind of destiny this year? Or or were you still carrying kind of some of those ghosts of, of Elite Eight Final Four pass? No, I would say – like I, I have to take a step back in this tournament because if you were to ask me back in November, like that, would you be okay with this team making the elite eight? I would have been like, hell yeah. Like, right. I, like Riley Wood said it best. He's like, we just need to keep the sweet 16 streak alive this year and I'll be happy. And mm-hmm. I still kind of feel that way. Like, I think this team, like they were talented, it it. like Drew Timmy, no doubt one of the best college basketball players in, in history, not just at Gonzaga in history. And you, when you have a player like that, obviously you feel like you, you want to try and win a national championship because those players only come around so much. But this team, compared to a lot of the other Gonzaga teams the last five years, was not nearly as consistent. They had some really – they have some talented players, but just across the board, we didn't have the guard play that we've historically had, like in the shooting – like the consistent shooting we've always had. And we really, really relied on Drew Timmy to do a ton for us. Oh. and he's good enough to where you could do that, even though teams would double and triple him. It's it's kind of amazing how good he is, actually, when you really think about it. But um, I'm happy with where we finished. Like, making the Elite Eight was a success. I had UConn in my bracket beating us in the Elite Eight. Like, I felt UConn was the number one Ken Palm team for a reason. Like, they were, you know, they were probably the, I guess, the most underrated seed, you could say, going into this tournament. So, matchup-wise, it wasn't great for us to have to play them, but... I'll take it every time. You never want to lose by 30. Like we got blown out and I have, there's some reasons for why that happened, but at the end of the day, we just got outplayed big time. Like you want to talk reps, I'll talk reps all day. Timmy. Yeah. I can talk about the Drew Timmy thing. Like I don't agree with that fourth foul. I think like the fucking foul nerds are going to come in and be like, well, who's elbow hit him in the face. But it's like, dude, that shit happens on every play all the time. And I think it's just a brutal call to have at that point in the game. Would that have changed anything? Probably not. We probably still lose that game. We were down by 20 at that point. You know, 17 minutes, you could maybe make a run and have some luck. But I I think we were losing regardless. Well, and one of the things, uh, Tyler, when you were watching that game, what did you you kind of notice about UConn specifically or, or just about that matchup? Um, if I remember correctly, I remember, were you getting out rebounded or no? We are kind of just getting outplayed everywhere. They, they, yeah, they I, like I, way more. I think the answer is yes to whatever category you bring up, True. except maybe they, turnovers. They seemed longer and more athletic. And I think that stood out. Yeah. That's it. That's kind of where my mind went to is especially in the post. I know Timmy was in foul trouble, but at the same time, I really don't think he can do much against guys that are that big and athletic without help from the outside. Like the perimeter has to be loose. knocking up down. Through, yeah, exactly. Through the guard play because he's, at a point when the guy's seven two, yeah. and uh, you know a, a future Full commit NBA on center. Timmy, yeah, like that's going to be Timmy. tough for anyone to to go up against for a full game if your shooters are not lights out, and so that's a lot of strain to put on you know those guards who are you know Strother's awesome, obviously, and actually a lot of the I do like a lot of the Gonzaga guards, but um, no, but we they just didn't we could when you can't make you know, floaters and, and three-point shots against right. a team like that, like you're you're just not going to win. I can't remember what our percent. We were like one of nine in the first half from three. And then after the yeah, first I, five minutes in the second half, it was like two of 15 or something like that from three. And 
Can't Connecticut shot the lights out, which to be fair, they do that a lot. So you can't really say that as like, oh, well, they just outshot us. Well, they outshoot everybody most of the time. So, um, yeah, We're I definitely have- agree. Like, I, I think Drew Timmy, I think the big athletic narrative, I think he's silenced that a little bit more this year because uh, he played against a lot of really big athletic guys this year and dropped 40 on them multiple times. But to be fair, he was getting assistance, like Connor was saying, from the outside where, you know, when you you have to make them guard your guards, right? And if they mm-hmm. don't feel like they have to guard your guards and when you spot them 15 points, they're mm-hmm. going to be like, okay, yeah, we're literally just going to make anybody else get Gonzaga back into this yeah. game. And so it was it was kind of over <laughs> at the 17 minutes. Right. It, yeah. <laughs> After that fourth foul, that was that was the, it, the it end. Made me, right it made me like UConn a lot for to win it. Yeah, I think they're yeah. the best team. I, I, it's interesting that they have to match up with Miami first. That's a, that's um, going to be the best I game, thought right? Those would be the best two, or I think those are the two out of the four. Yeah, but I also like that either San Diego State or FAU is somehow going to be in the national title <laughs> game. Like that is just a crazy statement. And on that note, Ty, I wanted to get your opinion on the uh, the foul on Creighton as time expired versus San Diego um, State, mm. and on the hit from I think Nemhard's the brother yeah. right, from Gonzaga. Yeah. yeah. He's a good player. They, he yeah, really good. good. Um, and so I was curious I, first I, I don't, thought as our as our uh, our I honestly thought it was the right analyst. call. <laughs> I honestly thought it was the right call. It, it, if it was wow, Tyler if it was the, the middle call. of the first half with like 12 minutes remaining on the clock and the, like you don't call it. But right there at the end, hand on the hip, like if, if he doesn't call that, he's probably going to get even more scrutiny than he's getting now, a.k.a. the ref I'm talking about. Yeah. He, it didn't look like he really pushed him that much or anything, if I remember seeing the replay. But the hand was like his, so clearly on him. And like he, it's easy to get tricked into like getting pushed on that play. Like yeah. I, I think it was the right call. It's, it's, that's a tough – that was a tough one, though. That was a tough one. Yeah, Kyle, what do you, what'd you think? Yeah, so – I have a tough time answering this question because I was on a plane during most of the game. So I couldn't watch how like mm. the rest of the game was called. Because if you look at most of the March games this year, they've really let them play this year. Yeah. Like, the, like there's been some really physical games and I think it's awesome when they let me them too. Play, by the Cause way. college basketball is supposed to be ugly. Yeah. It's supposed to be scrappy. They can't shoot like, anyway. Let them fight. Yeah. It's just exactly. rebounds let everywhere. Them, <laughs> yeah. yeah. When it gets hectic, get it's, yeah, it's super enjoyable. So when I first saw the replay, it was like right when I landed and I like our group text was going off and I was like, Oh shit. Like I what, what just happened. So I went to Twitter and I, when I watched the replay, I was kind of with Tyler. I'm like, I mean, by the book, it looked like a foul, but it may not have been the hardest foul, but it, it, it seemed like a foul. Um, but if they had, if they had been playing hard all game and not making those types of calls, which would be consistent with the rest of the tournament, then I would not like that call. So I guess I can't speak. If I if I really agree or disagree, well, and <laughs> it's really it, like it, when you're a ref, if you see a call, you got to call it. You can't take situation into right, right, account. Right. But at the same time, man, what a shitty ending to a season. Yeah, yeah. I know. You know, I just I know that I feel so much for him. Like the seniors, that's how their career ends. Yeah. I think fans in general always hate when fouls end games. Like, yeah, no matter, exactly. no matter what, like, but unless the you're the, a fan of the team that gets right. the call. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. I was gonna, <laughs> then you're going to love it. The Aztecs were not <laughs> mad about the call. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. And then I was, I was a bit surprised to see Miami uh, come back against Texas because Texas was in control for most of that game. It felt like, especially the first half, but Miami's scrappy, dude. I, I, they are. I, I think they're, 
uh, I like either of those teams. Yeah, I like either either. Those Whichever one of them wins, I feel like yeah. it's probably gonna. Yeah. Feels like UConn's a team to beat, but uh, I'd be willing to put some. I don't know what the future lines are even at right now, but I'm fe- I'm pretty confident UConn's gonna win the national championship. I <laughs> I feel I, I feel confident if they right. beat Miami, they're for sure winning the national championship. Yes, that yeah. I don't think San Diego State or Florida Atlantic's beating. If no. Florida Atlantic wins, though, we're that's oh my god, that'd be amazing. That would be so sick. <laughs> they're uh, they're a nine seed, and I think that would be the lowest. Like, it I think would. The lowest they, ever was an eight, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Villanova against Georgia. So, I mean, you got to root for that a little bit. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, the good news about that Final Four being the way it is is like we can all just enjoy both games because there's really yeah. no team I'm like, yeah dedicated there's no to winner that you hate means. no exactly like there's no one that's obviously like oh damn i don't want them if anything yeah. that'd be like yukon's like i said by far the the front runner in my head yeah. so that'd be the most chalk out of these four but them being a four seed is still quite a quite a feat yeah it is all right um let's move it along to a, a rotating wheel of sports talk yeah um, next up let's talk a little bit about nfl free agency because it's obviously been, you know, quite a while since we talked to even knows um, impossible to find online. But at the same time, I'm curious to hear your guys' opinions. To me, it feels like NFL free agency has like popped off more this year than years in the past. Maybe I just haven't been paying good enough attention despite being the Luke champion currently. Um, but it's, <laughs> it's it, feel it good. felt like um, this year's been really really active and and maybe it's just like there's a lot bigger names available this year so i was curious ty well it's the day of the lamar news too it's like that that's a weird one you know that's the weirdest one well, you want to start there because well, that, that yeah we can no start there and i think I uh, the browns <laughs> the cleveland browns signing to sean watson last year to that mega deal and like yeah. i forget how much was guaranteed but it was the most ever i might have been like 150 or something nuts and none of these owners are willing to do that pretty much well it's it sounds like that's a lot even for patty mahomes like if if he were to renegotiate his deal or like the herberts or the burrows coming up you know like i think it maybe is a little bit easier with them too but lamar's kind of like has that stigma around him about maybe getting injured or not or some people say like he can't throw which i just disagree on all those things i think he's amazing um but and he also is um no agent right like maybe it's harder to I don't think that – I don't know. So, with Lamar, it's like if I'm the Ravens, if I don't have Lamar, I suck. And you got to pay him, right? I mean, either that or if I'm Lamar – well, he just requested a trade, so maybe he's trying to get to the NFC because the AFC has those loaded quarterbacks. Like, you got everyone there. So, I, I don't know. What do you guys think there? I love it personally because um, oh, Falcons. the Atlanta Falcons are going to win a Super Bowl when they sign him. So I, That would be so cool. <laughs> it's – so that's a question I actually did have for you, Kyle, is why, why is there not that buzz? Like the Falcons are a perfect team I know. to, you know, well, there, is it, is everyone waiting for this draft to happen? Because like, I know when much. they put the franchise tag on them, you have to trade two first round picks to sign him. Okay. Um, so maybe everyone's waiting for this year to happen. So then the picks you're trading away are It'll be the following. future. Yeah. Future. Uh, picks. Yeah, I think there was there was obviously a lot more noise before the tag. It seemed like where a right. lot of teams were rumored to be in it, and the Falcons were towards the top of that list. And then there there was a tweet. I think it was from Scheffner, like late last week or early last week, where he said like 
Falcons, Dolphins, Commanders, and it might have been Jets too, or so are all apparently out on Lamar Jackson. I think it was yes. Jets, one of the yeah. NFL guys. I saw that. Um, and it was like, well, then where's he going to go? Those are like all the teams that were like, <laughs> right. would, that would oh, make the, sense. I think a uh, one team that apparently is hot is the Colts. The, the Colts. Yeah, okay. They might have been on that sense. list, honestly. Like it, it was a list of pretty much any team that had rumored to potentially <laughs> go for Lamar Jackson. So I was like, okay, so he's just going to stay with Baltimore. Like there's no other way this works out if all those teams are out. But now that he's requested the trade, I wonder if things change because maybe you don't have as much leverage. Um, if you're the Ravens going forward. So maybe the price tag was too high, but now that he wants out, maybe well, now they'll accept something less. And if you're Lamar, are you like, I mean, next year there's potential that he just sits out, right? Basically yeah, the, does just enough to get paid, but like shows up then says, oh, I'm, I tweaked my hamstring and I'm out 16 weeks. Yeah. Like that, right? that, that's uh, potentially, yeah. And if he's, if he's going to stick to his guns, which it sounds like he is, hopefully it doesn't get to that point, but it's kind of looking that way. I, I don't know how I, or feel I, I actually, if I, if I had to put money on it, I'd put money that he gets to the Colts some, somehow. I don't, it, it's Jim Mercer is kind of, I, I listened to Pat McAfee today cause I was working from home and apparently Ursa just has this, like, he's a crazy man. Like, he'll do anything, you know. He, he doesn't – and he's sick of having these older quarterbacks, apparently. Like, the Carson Wentz experiment. Who do you have? Matt Ryan. Phillip Rivers. Yeah. Yeah. Phillip Rivers. Like, yeah, that... Colts, Commanders, and then, like, maybe the Falcons if they decide to do something crazy. But I'd say, like, one of those three teams. I don't think Miami's happening. I think that's – like, I think Tua's fine. I don't think they're going to give away a ton of assets to get Lamar when they already have Tua – but unless yeah. they're including Tua in the trade, then maybe Baltimore is all of a sudden a little bit more inclined if they can get a decent quarterback in return. Right. That's it. Yeah, that's interesting. Like, do they are they worried about getting an asset back that's uh, a current player? You know, or are they admitting that's a full rebuild at that point yeah. because they're close to a full rebuild anyway? But uh, not uh, not maybe not close. But if you get rid of Lamar, I mean, that's you're not gonna get better you know no 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 that's, yeah they would be definitely not in the short term but maybe in the next if you they would be talk about right. draft picks but like, I, I mean i saw something that was like should the panthers just trade their number one pick and get him and i was like i mean getting further in nfl free agency like the panthers are one of the teams i kind of wanted to call out because like they've pretty much just taken this strategy of like we're gonna assign a bunch of like i guess older when and when we say older i guess like late 20s offensive players that are all like pretty skilled like, yeah, I mean, Thielen, Hayden Hurst, Sanders, Hayden Adam Hurst, Thielen. they got yeah. their center back. Like they've made some like sneaky signs that are nothing super exciting. Like they're all yeah. guys that are like kind of I want to wash over the hill or like kind of <laughs> towards the top. But it's like a lot of pretty st- like still skilled players with that. Yeah, so they, people like, that have been successful that. in the NFL, like proven proven players, which is always a good um, good thing. And that's a good interesting proposition, Kyle. Of like Tyler to you. Is the first pick worth Lamar Jackson? Uh, I guess without knowing like where the team sits, like contract. I mean, how old is he? Is he our age? Twenty eight, or is he? No, he's. I think he's younger. Younger, like twenty six. Yeah. Because when did he win the Heisman? Was it twenty eighteen? I, I would say yeah. I think hopefully that's not stupid. I mean, he's awesome. He's twenty six. To me, I'll I'll back that up all day. I think it's absolutely worth it. Like what? The odds of getting something better than Lamar Jackson, even with the first pick, is to me so low. 
And it is. yeah, I agree. Like the contract, you wouldn't do it if it's like a one year thing, yeah. maybe. And there's that whole philosophy of like your best chance to win the Super Bowl is on rookie the quarterback's QB. rookie deal. Yeah. So there are those kind of things, but at the same time, that makes you immediately a contender for at least a good playoff seed. You know, it does. Yeah. Yeah. And according and then, to Adam Thielen, they think they're a Super Bowl contending team, which is a slightly laughable when you think about Andy Dalton being bullshit. your quarterback. But, but uh, he's like, yeah, it's signed here because, like, you know, they do have a decent defense. It's I want to say it's above average defense. But oh yeah, like, their defense is great. Yeah, is so it? I'm like, okay. okay, well, if you traded your first round pick and then your next year's first round pick and then your next year's first round pick and you, like you have all these vets on offense around him and a good defense, it's like you truly do have a chance at that point. The NFC South sucks. Like this, that is true. Like you're going to make the playoffs with that. The team, Tampa Bay think. teams or Tampa <laughs> Bay is now terrible. Uh, Atlanta's kind of sitting pat no, right we're, now. Yeah, we're not very good. Yeah, <laughs> uh, is New Orleans Derek Carr? That'll be interesting. Oh, they're gonna Derek Carr yeah, stinks. No, they he lost doesn't. so many defensive players to New Orleans. Like I don't think they're going to be very. I think they finished last in the division. Is Derek okay, Carr so where are you guys at? No, I mean he he kind of stinks. Um, where do you guys sit currently with the the Jets? Aaron Rodgers saying like, is that that? Let I I just think with that situation i'm super excited to watch and like see it but to me it's so crazy to think that's going to make them a super good team just because like it's so hard in your first freaking year in a new place to just go and like win a super bowl yeah or or even be a contender for one Uh i think if anything it's going to be like can they go 11 and 6 you know that would be have pretty have a good season yeah Yeah. but um where do you Talk guys to- sit at just like the whole the whole thing? Well, you know where we're at from darkness retreat to uh, potential trade. Kyle, I want it to happen selfishly. Like I you think do or awesome. don't? I do. I do. Oh, me too. I yeah. definitely want it to happen for the drama, for the storylines that'll come yeah. along this season with it. I mean, also, I mean, if all does work out, like there's a lot of really talented weapons for Aaron Rodgers in that offense. That you know, if Aaron Rodgers has a year like last year and the year before he could, I mean, that I feel like that team could win a Super Bowl potentially. They'll probably draft an offensive player for him too. Something that green Bay never did. Well, the, the, how much are they going to give up for him? Is it just going to be picks or play, like, is it a lot? Well, it's super interesting because both teams don't have leverage. Like, yeah. Or they both like, do. if, like, if, if you're the Packers, it's like everyone knows he has to leave and no one else is really trading for him. It doesn't sound like. Mm-mm. And then I if can't imagine you give up too much, right? No, that's what, I don't Rogers, think so. Either. I'm like, I'm just gonna sit and like, yes, it might screw us over, but I'm not gonna screw my long term future. Yeah, because Aaron Rodgers is definitely vain enough to just like sit out and collect oh, yeah. next year for sure. Or he'll and come they, back and say like, I'm I want to play. <laughs> and yeah, just and it just seems like they want to move on that. anyways. Like, yeah, oh yeah, I think that relationship soured. I do. Good. I do think that he, like, there is a scenario where she gets traded to the Jets, goes God mode, MVP Aaron Rodgers mode, and runs through that division and has a, well, if he gets through the AFC, I don't know. There is some sort of fashion where he does a good job there. And oh, yeah. I, I mean, you guys have definitely scared me into uh, already regretting my comments I made, but I just, I do think it's going to be hard to, like, for him to show up, handle New York, and get like have a Joe Namath run in his first year there. Like, I don't is think he perfect for stop. New York or horrible for New York. 
That's a great question, and I can't. I feel like he's yeah. kind of more perfect. I think like, it's one of the either. <laughs> one I, of the yeah, either. <laughs> he, he's not just going to exist there. He's either going to thrive or, or crash. Yeah. I mean, it's the Jets, too, so I feel like that it's a little bit easier than the Giants. I don't know. I feel like I their fan too. base is not as – they're, it's like the Mets versus the Yankees, right? Like the Yankees uh-huh. fan base. Well, actually, the, fuck the Mets. Never mind. I take back that that analogy. Fuck the Mets. Kyle can't even say <laughs> the one nice thing about the Mets. Well, do, do we want to talk uh, how the Cowboys are going to win the Super Bowl next year anyway? So it doesn't Ty, matter. Give us, give us your quick outlook on the, uh, the Cowboys and the New Mariners. Mike McCarthy calling plays. Couldn't be more ecstatic about it. Um, That's You have to be lying. <laughs> That's so dumb. Oh, that's so dumb, Tyler. I don't know. No, he has a Super Bowl, boys. I don't know if you know that. Thanks to Aaron Rodgers. No, thanks to his brilliant coaching. Way to circle that back, Aaron Rodgers. I I do like that we got um, OSU boy Brandon Cooks, and and we uh, traded for Stephon Gilmore, so that's nice. Um, We'll see. It'll be an interesting draft. We got to get some more interior defensive linemen. But honestly, I kind of like where the team's at. I think Tony Pollard's going to be a great value next year. I mean, he was last year, but getting more of the every down. Like, he was splitting with Zeke last year. And yeah. Zeke, you know, they ended up cutting him. He just wasn't worth the, what they were paying him at that point. And I feel like that's pretty fair. Not that he's not still a good running back and can contribute, but he's a more of a third down. Well, not a third down back. He's a great pass protector, but he just needs less reps. Yeah, I get what you mean. He needs to be the second guy. Yeah. And, that, and that's fine. But Tony Pollard, super electric. Hopefully he's healing well from that injury. Um, I noticed you failed to mention your quarterback yet. Is that uh, – Well, I love him. He's a great leader. One year. of the best leaders in the league, Connor, you know. Who's he's, that? He's, 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 already, really he's already working leader. with the boys. He's already working with the boys. I mean, he's a bargain now compared to all these other guys now. He's like the eighth or ninth. No, no. He'd be a bargain if he was good, though. Oh, he's you great. have to pay him he's that great. much to suck. He's come back here, baby. <laughs> I, I, still have, I still have faith. But Dak is oh, a oh hey, here, here was a good here's a good conversation starter. Um, do you take Dak Prescott or any of the QBs on the 49ers? Do they play for Shanahan? Um, that changes things. Okay, say sure. they're all That's on the an you important have, variable. <laughs> they're all on the Niners, and you have okay. the option of Dak, Purdy, Lance, or and I forget the other. I think they just signed Sam Darnold. I'll take Purdy. No, Darnold's on the Bucks now, isn't he? I was arguing Purdy. with Megan's cousin that if the Niners had Dak Prescott, it'd be game over. They'd no, dude, because he can't fucking throw. He let he the league throw. in interceptions one year. <laughs> no, and he sat out like five of the games, and he still led the league. In well, yeah, no, he you were you are right. He did lead the league in interceptions <laughs> I mean, one year last year. But the, I'd you, take Trey Lance. That's my hot take of that argument. I'm going to take that. The guy who hasn't one. played his snap? <laughs> Wait, what about the guy that's fucking undefeated when he's got a working right elbow? That's actually a great point, Connor. I mean, I he's seem to be still working. I'm not going to say Dak still Prescott. still attached to his fucking bone. <laughs> I need the Cowboys to win one so fucking bad. <laughs> so, like, you need so bad. to be the really good. The really good news is that you uh, re-signed Leighton Vanderess for what is 90th season in the NFL. Sean Lee are just hilarious. Like <laughs> just one after the other. The Wait, big same heads. guy. Up late in Van Der Esch's age. I feel like he's our age. Also, it seems uh, like he's been in the league forever. He's probably how poetic is it that you guys paid Zeke that much money and his final play was getting run over at center? It's fitting, <laughs> honestly. Fitting. That's so funny. You guys are a hilarious franchise. <laughs> I know. It's so bad. I have witnessed like no winning at all in my life with any of my teams ever. No, dude. Blazers. Come on. 
maybe not this year. But <laughs> speaking of which, let's, of let's dive into the NBA, NBA playoffs. Yeah, we do have a tough group of three around us. <laughs> Kyle was smart and he pulled on a fucking team that he Baseball. rooted for when he was two years old. Yeah, that's BS. Hey, I, took, I was born took long enough. <laughs> it took long enough. <laughs> you guys smell suck it. <laughs> I would for a championship. <laughs> Is that that? <sighs> I don't know. I don't think... <laughs> okay, we'll move on. So I'm just looking at that World Series banner in the corner. My oh, I can't see it. So pretty. That's oh, so cool. okay. The, the Kyle, <laughs> shut up. Uh, but on that point, actually, there's something I want to talk about: is World Baseball Classic. Um, I thought was absolutely electric this year, and to that point, I want to get your guys' feedback on that. But starting off with Trey Turner's statement about the World Series Classic game being louder and more intense than any World Series game he's played in. And I think he's been in two or three World Series now. Um, what's your guys' thoughts around that? Like, is that to be expected? Is that I, – I don't know. I just – it caught me off guard at first. But then the more I thought about it, the more I was like, well, yeah, that makes sense because when you get your na- national pride behind anything for any country, that kind of becomes bigger than um, any professional sport. For sure. Yeah, I kind of I kind of view it – I view his statements maybe in a different way than other people are interpreting it. I think it's louder more often during the game. Right. The way where I don't think he's saying like, oh, when you hit a walk-off home run to win a game, like it's louder in those games. I think it's the it's the same there. But all these other like Latin American countries, even Japan, like their fan the the baseball fandom community is so different than it is in the United States. It's I so like where sick. It's way just way it's just louder all the time. Like people, it's it's why all these young Latin American kids are like changing the game in terms of celebrations, bat flips. It's like that's just their culture. That's what they're used to doing. And the fans are the same way. Where if they hit a single, they're freaking the fuck out. Like, it's not like, oh yeah, like way to get on base, that a boy. It's like, no, they're like fucking celebrating, hitting their chests and shit. And that's carrying that was, over into the – and it's awesome. Like, why why can't we be like that too? <laughs> well, that, that was exactly. going to be my exact argument is, like, every time you hit a double, you know, they're doing some sort of celebration. The whole, they're, everyone's out of the dugout. They're throwing water. It's 0-0, zero, zero, top one. You know, it's like there's so much emotion involved. You know, you can stare and you can bat – like, there's so much more meaning behind it and more like it. you feel like a part of it. It's like know, soccer, right? right? Yeah. Right. It's, it's like, like why doesn't the, yeah. why is the MLB yes. always making these? It, it's it's like did you see the ump today, boys. That oh my, GT, JT Romeo yes. that was unbelievable, Tyler. Explain uh, for the group. <laughs> wait, I didn't see it. Give me a quick rundown. Basically, JT Romeo he's a catcher. He was he was looking towards the pitcher, put his left hand out, his glove hand out, asking for a ball. Um, it was it's taken a little longer than expected. So he thought basically that the ump was just throwing the ball back to the pitcher. So he moved his glove back. The ump tried to throw the ball in his glove that was waiting there. And he took that as some form of disrespect and threw him out. He threw him out of the game because it's Connor, you have to watch the video. It's unbelievable. He threw him out of the game. He got tossed because he was not even looking at the umpire, had his glove like this. Takes his glove away, ball falls to the ground, and the umpire throws him out because he thought he was spiting him just by, like, saying, no, I don't want your ball. <laughs> oh, <laughs> was... my God. That is one of the worst I've ever heard. When I Why watched is... that, 
it reminded me of like an NBA ref throwing out one of these guys for just like doing nothing. I was going to say, what's up with the sensitivity from refs? Like, I, I feel like when I, we were growing up, that wasn't the case. Granted, they were gambling. But. something's happening. They're, they're feeling like people are getting offended. And I feel like everyone's more on our side where it's like, take a chill pill. It's not that serious, you know? Um, but it's something is and like, I don't want to skip over baseball, but I was just going to like, one of my notes in basketball is like, everyone, go to se- it. Let's go to everyone it. seems miserable. The players, the fans, the, like, no one likes their coach. Like, Obviously, we're in the Blazer world. Like everyone wants, Cha- like a lot of Twitter, it seems like wants Chauncey fired. It's like these guys can't go through any sort of. It, it's results now or nothing. I honestly think that the only team in the league or where the majority of the fan base likes their coach right now is the Sacramento Kings. Even the Golden State Warriors are on Steve Kerr's ass because of their terrible road record and shit. And I don't think Steve Kerr's like the best coach in the world, but it's like this guy has won you multiple freaking championships here. Like what? Like, I'm more willing to see things out. I don't know. Obviously, I feel like you guys kind of know that. But like, getting on Chauncey's ass after two years, it's like he has—he was never a head coach. You hired a guy who's never been a head coach. He—he's still learning how to do this thing, and the teams have been terrible. So I don't know. It was more of a general in general thing that the Luca coming out and saying like, I just don't love the game anymore. Like these guys are just fighting the refs constantly and it's making it back tough to watch can we acknowledge though that lucas comments are so perfectly timed with the fact that Kyrie joined the team like a month before like he was like <laughs> i i don't know at the beginning of the year i loved basketball was smiling all the time and like lately i haven't enjoyed it and i'm like so uh there's one guy that changed on this team. <laughs> like, what's that? And he's got a history of rubbing people the wrong way a little. Bit. I know, I know. That was pretty funny, but it was. Uh, it's I not do... just him though. Too, it's a lot of like guys are just it, the people have been bitching at refs for years now, and I feel like it's like almost coming to a head. It's like we got to this is too much. It's too much, right? Uh... Kyle, what are your what are your thoughts towards the NBA right now in terms of like um, what Tyler said as well as just the current playoff picture? Because it's it's similar to me. I mean, the East is a little different, but similar in terms of like it's pretty wide open this year. It feels like Definitely. more so than most years. You know, a lot of years we've had three or four teams that are clearly dominant. Mm-hmm. Um, on the West side, it's it's completely open in my opinion. Why you've got a couple really good teams, but they, they should be uh, pretty interesting to watch battle it out. So was curious what what kind of notes you had gathered there. The, you can the also positives, talk Blazers if you want. No, well, we'll talk Blazers. I'm sure it's a group. <laughs> uh, I would say the positives of the NBA right now is that, and this has not been the, the case for the last, what feels like 10 years to me, is like for once, I feel like there's more than maybe two or three teams that have a chance at winning the championship, which it's, I've been wanting that for years. You've Even always said you could, that. You have I've always, always said that. that. You honestly, you could still make the argument though that like Milwaukee and Boston. I think are Milwaukee and Boston. Are yeah, they they might be those two teams this year, but for some reason, it feels a little bit different to me. It doesn't I don't know feel why. as like <laughs> clear cut. It does. Yeah. Boston's been struggling, lately, and I think so. we're always so used to the West being better that because it's East teams, we're like, yeah, but come on, yeah. like it it's can't be the same. East. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but I like that. I, I really, I think the West playoffs are going to be really fun for that reason, though. Like, I think there's going to be a lot. Like, 
Golden State right now sitting at a six seed. Like that's a that's an upset. Like them playing Sacramento. I feel oh, like Golden State could, they're going to win that series. At oh, least yeah. in my opinion, maybe I'm underrating Sacramento, but no, I don't. They think just stream Blazers' uh, regular season really good. Hundred percent losing in the first round. <laughs> yeah, they absolutely hundred percent. Um, and especially after the the playoff drought, you uh, you don't get to experience like massive success in the playoffs. It's one step at a time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, I just think it, it, the things that have been annoying me, though, it's like LeBron comes back and all of a sudden, the, like the Lakers, was it the Lakers-Warriors uh, game? And then the Lakers, I think, was it Grizzlies game? It's like back-to-back where there was just like some controversial calls going on. And it's like, I read Twitter and everyone's like, well, we all know what narrative the NBA is trying to push here, like doing anything we can to get LeBron back into the playoffs. Um, so that's the kind of shit I don't like because – I don't know. I, I, I get it for the business and I'll, it's, it's hard to argue against the NBA wanting their superstars to do great. It makes complete sense from a business perspective, but as a Blazers fan, I can't look at things like that because I have a small market bias and well, I'm just complain about it my whole life. <laughs> that's like, that's a really good point. I feel like it's, and it kind of serves Tyler's point as well earlier. It's like, I feel like it's got, the NBA's just gotten too predictable. It's like, everything's going to be make sure our superstars are propped up as high as possible, which again, like you're saying business-wise, of course, it's, they're one of the best and most efficient leagues like to be run. Um, But at the same time, we've gone so far away from like the city you playing for mattering, except like a guy like Dame, who's so hell bent on making that his narrative, which is great. But like, there's not a lot of like, it feels like year to year and, and um, there's no like incentive for the NBA to be like, let's see if the Blazers can make a run. It's like, no, let's, let's make sure, like you're saying that we get our superstars in the finals so we can pitch our product as like, you know, the, the best thing, you know, the best yeah possible solution. And it feels like they out of all leagues are the most off- obvious about manipulating things to make that happen. <laughs> yeah. Do not be shocked when, in, if Sacramento plays golden state in the first round of the playoffs, Oh my God, the officiating is going to be horrific towards Sacramento. I'll just call it right now. Yeah. Like DeMontis oh, yeah. Sabotis is sure. going to have four fouls in the first half guaranteed. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm with you on that. Even like thinking about it being fixed, like, Makes me sick, boys. <laughs> <laughs> no, we we are senior face. We're, we're fucked. We're, right. we're never. We'll never win anything. Well, I don't see how like a small market can really put together anything serious uh, unless you just draft like crazy, like Golden State did. Golden like, State did do that yeah. in the they, NBA, right? That's what we're. Are we isolating NBA? Yes. Are we? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm just talking the NBA because that's where I feel like it's the odds are most stacked against a small market. Because like For baseball, sure. I think you could. Baseball's a, such a unique game itself. Like you can't yeah. really predict any team could win a seven game series. For sure. Um, yeah. You have to have Giannis, right? Right. Like that's the right. only way you can as a small market is you have to get the best player yes, in the league. Exactly. Somehow on your team. <laughs> like they, literally or LeBron yeah. in Cleveland, like or wherever K, KD and um, OKC, like any of those places, because you're never going to get free agents because we've made it this thing where like although teams can offer the same amount of money players have so much power that we can never match a deal that LA does, even if the numbers say it's the same. Yes, and and that just sucks. Like it, it makes it really tough to 
talk about like our team, the play, you know, like and about like how we can get to a title because it doesn't seem realistic. Like it, no. it, it eats you down, dude. It does. It, it and yes, that maybe that's we're gonna get Embiid. Well, that'd be great. So <laughs> let's talk that. Bring my hopes up, Kyle, because I right know I'm feeling really freaking down. Um, let's. Where Where do you guys think we? Obviously, so uh, not that we need to update anyone listening, but the Blazers have called, thrown in the towel this year. Dame's basically is done, um, and we've lost. I think we're two and eight in our last ten. Good news is we are tanking at a rate rapid <laughs> enough that we could get a really good pick. Like we could. Oh, that's funny. It. Well, I mean, we were really seventh worst record pick. last year. We're on pace to be fit. We're sixth oh. right now, but on pace to get fifth. So how good has Shaden looked? Oh my oh, god! Great. Love, yeah, yeah. I'm so. I am glad we didn't trade him. If this is a real glimpse at what he can be. Uh, well, I mean, it, it, like I just listened to a podcast last night that like one of the guys is pretty convinced that Ant played his last minutes um, as a Blazer. Well, so that's like an interesting idea. Would you would you take a look at that this summer? <laughs> Yeah, you have to. But and and what are you looking for in return? I guess is what I'm more interested in because that's people. I think we all have a tendency to like come up with a half of an idea for a trade. Like, oh, I want John Collins, but like, what does that mean? Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. I'm just curious, and I don't mean like any of. So I like, I mean, does that. I, what I want out of the trade, not talking specific players, is for the roster to fit a little like better. And by what I mean by that is like. Let's see what a two guard next to Dame, who's a little bit bigger, maybe more defensive minded, three and D type. Like Ant is amazing. Like he's like imagine him running his own team, being the point. It's probably be a little bit better. Um, I think the Blazers and Dame would benefit having like a Wes Matthews type next to him, and then maybe getting better at the three or the five. You know, like having that max position at the three rather than the the running mate next to you would be fun and I think a nice change of pace that would help Dame and the Blazers. Like, say that we got – I when I always talk about it with the boys or whatever, and, you know, I, I'm really hoping we get, like, Embiid. You know, obviously that's a goal or, or a dream. But, like, I feel like we'll get a little under that, you know, like a star level. I do think they'll make a move, but I don't ever think we'll, like, get that caliber of guy. In my, I don't know. Yeah. No, I, I tend to agree with you, but – it's a good question, Connor. Like, what is realistic for Anthony Simons? Because, at least in my opinion, and humble me if I'm wrong here, but Anthony Simons attached to two first-round picks, I feel like that's an all-star return, I feel like. You're getting, like, an up-and-coming player who is basically shown that he can put up all-star numbers. And if he was think- in, on the right team in the right conference, he would be an all-star. It's like the CJ yeah. argument back in the day, right, where – you know, CJ got fucked for never being an all-star because there's too many guards. If Anthony's in the Eastern Conference on a team, I'm not saying a contending team, but um, where t- to Tyler's point, if he's the guy, it's like he's going to put up ridiculous numbers to where he could be an all-star. And if you're attaching two first-round picks, one of them this year potentially being like a top-five pick, like I, I throw out the name Jalen Brown for that if Boston were to, were to like explore that. For Mikel Bridges. Well, I think that's too much for a Mikel Bridges, don't Mikkel's you? Mikel's been so nice, like, though. Like, like Anthony yeah, Simons but... and two first-round picks for Mikel Bridges, that's an overpay, I feel like. But that's good for us because that means we actually have assets right now to, to have these discussions. Historically, we haven't been able to do that. Well, now it's like, okay, like, say you get fucking lucky in the lottery and knowing us, we won't. Um, but if we did and somehow you land a top three pick, 
it's like that is a very very valuable asset to have right oh, now yeah. especially when if you assuming you can bring back a jeremy grant and you have dame and then like Shaden sharp you know doing what he's doing i think nurk and anthony are i'm going to put it at 50 50 right now that they're both gone this offseason i think if the, we cannot if we keep nurk play center just cut yeah. him just cut like him. there's just no <laughs> way we can do that like no it's it's like i know it's been a personal vendetta of a lot of portland fans but now it's just like on the court product like he is really really bad we're gonna have to take less in return it's gonna have Um, to be a trade just get him out you know that's fine i'm at the point where it's like as long as it's someone who's big and could reasonably be a starting center like that or or just plays defense like in the post like just someone that tries really hard. Like, obviously, we couldn't get Walker Kessler, but just like disrupt shots consistently. A better Eubanks, like a way better Eubanks. Yes, so- exactly. <laughs> like, that's the thing is, I just wish Eubanks was like taller and, and beefier. And then it's like, that's all I want is a guy like that who does, you know, tries hard and guy. does all the right stuff. Who, Ty? I have a guy in a tray that's been floating out there, probably has no merit to it, but one that made kind of sense. And it was <clears throat> like, Ant. Keon, two first round picks, and might have been one or like Kevin Knox or something. And uh, the Blazers would receive from Brooklyn, Mikel Bridges, Joe Harris, Nick Claxton. And wow. I think Nick Claxton, uh, that I would, I would love that a little bit. Yeah, yeah. kind of fits. Oh, that yeah. mold we're talking he's about. He's great. He's going to finish like yeah. third in defensive player. And the they probably don't yeah. even want to get rid of him. But like, if I feel like that's a pretty fair trade. I would is take that, that crazy? trade. Like, I, I feel, take I'm not trade. trying to say like the Blazers are fleecing. Like, I feel like that's a no, pretty I think good it's trade. I, I agreed when I read it. That's why I said it to you boys. I was like, I would, you're telling me I get Dame, Mikel, Jeremy, Nick Claxton, and then Shaden at the, like, that's way athletic. Oh, that's like, a great, that, I mean, that, that puts us back in better the position of being a kid. Yeah. We're better. We're better. I mean, yes. and then sure. you obviously got to get play with the roster from there, but like, dude, that's actually yeah. not even crazy. Unreal. That was one of my favorite ones I saw. I mean, yeah. you know, you start thinking Raptors and all of a sudden those guys that, over that, there, that Josh Hart trade starts to look a little bit better. And I think a lot of people For who sure. critique the Josh Hart trade are going to realize that because having that extra first round pick this year is just kind of like a sweetener. You know, yeah. where well, it's like, okay, we can attach yeah. that to something and sounds you know, better. Well, it well, sounds a lot like, better. One of the rumors on that is that we would trade that, or we would, I think, if you, is it give it to Chicago? It's basically. a swap or whatever, whatever. It basically swap to get our pick back somehow. Yeah. So if we give them a first round pick, which that pick we're getting from the Knicks is in the same range where it would end up being if it would, if our pick would convert. On a, on a good year that the Blazers had, like it would have to be next year or something, you know. So if the Blazers are playing well, it'd be in the mid twenties or something, right? Right. Yeah. Um. So we would give them the Knicks pick this year, which would then open us up to trade like up to four years of first round picks or something. Yeah, because you can't when yes. you've traded. Yeah, you can't trade like certain picks, picks back, to back to back to back years. So you yes, have to like yes, alternate yes. it or whatever. And we so haven't we, been able to use certain picks yes. because we've had this protection. And do you know what trade it was, boys? What? Derek Jones Jr. Oh, yeah. Mm. A, a Neil O'Shea trade where we traded him to the bull. I don't know the specifics. I can look it up real quick. Just a protected first round pick. Lottery protected first round pick. It might have been just the first round pick. Well, it would be the lottery protected, right? Because that's the reason we get our pick this year is because we're going to be in the lottery. I don't know. Not that it matters. It but, doesn't really matter too much, um, but. 
Yeah, I mean, hey, let's just get Wemby. Let's, you know, let's get the fifth worst record, 10.5% chance to get the first pick. What we do just you have I mean, the seventh worst record when we got Greg Oden at this first round pick. So we've had odds against us like this before. <laughs> if we got Wemby, I would be the happiest guy in the world. Also, was Connor frozen? Yeah, Connor might be frozen. Oh, I'm the host now. Haha, <laughs> this is my meeting. Oh, we're still recording though. Sweet. Let's keep it going. <laughs> um, um, what else? Oh, okay. I still been watching every Blazer game because Shade, dude, he, the way he elevates, bro. Yeah, he's looking really good. And that's why I think the, the Anthony Simons trade almost becomes a must. No uh-huh. one, no one, no Blazer fan wants to have to trade a guy like Anthony because we love him. And, and he's still you know, only 22 and all that. Still, like, yeah. And he's going to go the fuck off wherever he goes. And you have to accept that. But anywhere he goes, he's going to go off. Yeah. And so I think we just need to, um, and I, I think, think it'd be, I think you have to trade him, right? You have it, to try and balance the roster. If, if you're trying to win with Dame, yes. And it would probably be a good thing for Ant's career as well. You know, he's yeah, learned for five up. years under Dame, and then he's going to go and control his own team or whoever it may be. Like he, he he'll pop off. That's for sure. Yeah, Tyler, would you would you agree with me on this? Because I'm going to take it to an extreme, but I feel like. We do such a good job as Blazer fans as just delaying to the next year, to the next year, to the next year about when we're going to make things happen. Yes. I feel like this summer has to be where you, where the final stake in the ground, where it's you either go out, you either make the, the Anthony Simon slash Nurkic trade mm-hmm. or trade the, the first round pick, whatever, mm-hmm. or you have to trade Dane. Like to me, it's one or the other. You have to choose the direction this summer. Mm-hmm. I feel well, like. Yeah. I mean, Colin, go for it. Well, one question I have on that too is like, I agree, Kyle, by the way, completely. Like, you got to stop playing this middle. And Dame did make the comments about like, he's not going to, he doesn't want to be here for a rebuild. But mm-hmm. to me, it's just like, if you chose trade Dame, I might still like trade Anthony and like Jeremy and those guys. Like, outside of Shaden, I don't know how like stoked I am on Ant um, as like the face of a rebuild. I don't know why. Maybe that's just because he's young and playing with Dame, so it's hard to like compare. I just don't well, know. Like, you know, yeah. I know why is because we've had big balls, Damian Lillard, who is gone. Yeah, I guess yeah. he's a tough guy and, to compare it to. <laughs> that's a really good boy. And it's hard to live up to that. And he can be a guy on a team, but you, you need another. You need he's going to need another All Star with him, you know, to really probably see some team success. Right. I yeah, agree. I agree, but, Connor. Though, like, it doesn't make sense to have Jeremy Grant on your team if no, you if you no. trade. He wouldn't want to be here if Dame's. Yeah, yeah, it would have to be like if you're under the age of 25 and showing a lot of potential. Um, well, they like, they all they've been sorry to cut you off, but all they've been saying to answer your question, Kyle, is that they're committed to winning a championship for Damian Lillard, whatever, whatever they're saying. So, yeah. in this summer, they've built up all the resources for it, right? Like, this is they didn't do it this last trade deadline and. They got yeah. some picks and assets, and if they don't do it this summer, then it's like shit or get off the pot, buddy. Yeah. yeah OG's right. still on the table, I've heard. Probably right. for less now, too, than whatever. I would I was hope saying. for less. Yeah. For like not three first round picks. Like that was yes. psychotic no. asking for that. That's yes. what they were asked for last year. <laughs> it's also um, just like, I, yeah, we need, we need such a game changing person to like players to come in. Like, like I want OG, but then we also need. Like the Heat are looking like horrible. What Jay if we got Jimmy Brown, Butler? Like you said. Yeah, or like yeah. Jimmy Butler. Yeah, Jimmy like Butler just would be nice. People like, like <laughs> we need someone where 
it's like Damon, that guy are truly scary together, you know, not, not like how, like you said, we do a good job of like, well, Jeremy Grant and Ant, like that's good players and they are really good players, but that doesn't scare anyone. If Jeremy Grant's your third best player, that scares people like that. Right. I I think so. I think it's scary, but it's not like, Right. Pitch blacks. Well, no, no, but I think yeah, it is. Yeah. It's you like you said though, that's definitely um if he's your third best, I mean you've got a you've got a pretty dang good team. If you're but you need that would mean your one and two need to be like elite Tatum, Tatum and Brown. Like I mean it, you gotta have two guys well, that are border. You get Jalen Brown and then all of a sudden we're we're yeah, right. I didn't I loved that because he's not super happy in Boston. No. So. I wonder what's going on there. Like that's that's like where the- you give Amperny two first round picks and Nurk or whatever. You just you just yes. give them everything. Yeah. They would oh, yeah. love give to it, have yeah. over, oh everything my God. except Dame and Shaden and then just figure it out. Yes. Um, um Ty, I think it was that. There's rumors that it's basically like they got to the finals last year, and he was obviously a huge part of that. And then immediately after the season, they were talking about how to maybe trade for him for Kevin Durant. And oh. like the executives never really came out and said, no, we would never do that. Uh-huh. And so I think in Jalen Brown's a pretty he, proud dude, I think. Yes, like it's I agree. Respect and all that. Based I feel on like he would he vibe in Portland too. I hope so. I would love that. It'd be amazing. <laughs> yeah, come vibe, dude. Come vibe, dude. Vibe he's like, vibe. he's just a better Wesley Matthews, like a much better Wesley Matthews. Oh, that, yeah, that's almost disrespectful. Like, he <laughs> yeah, so, sorry, I said that way too casually. He's like you an all NBA like, version of Wesley sorry. Matthews. <laughs> you knew what I meant. Like, it's yeah. like same type of player, just the West. Extru- way, way better. <laughs> yeah, he's like Wesley Matthews if Wesley was one of the 15 best players in the NBA. <laughs> as soon as I said it, I knew how dumb it sounded. <laughs> I needed to have more emphasis behind it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's how you know we're Blazers homers through and through <laughs> when you compare yeah. Jalen Brown to Wesley. <laughs> Boys, can we talk a little golf real quick? That's exactly what I wanted to wrap Ooh. with too, Ty. Go for it. What do you got? I love the game of golf, boys. It's the I do best. too, Ty. It's... And you know, Scotty Scheffler is a killer. Next tiger. What? <laughs> he's. I mean, he is special, and he's a little weird and awkward. And looks like Buzz Lightyear, but I love him. <laughs> he does. Wow, good comparison. Uh, I, I love him, and he he he's just so fun to watch. And these guys, like as I'm starting to watch more, and this match play tournament, by the way, boys, I I loved the format. And that was my big note for golf was like, why is match play not a thing <sighs> way more often? You show you basically you show me a bracket with names, and, and I'm I'm, I'm I'm down. <laughs> yes, I'm pumped. Yes, <laughs> I'm with you there. Give me a uh, tournament with a four-man scramble. And, oh, and that would Tour be players. so sick. Like, we're going 26 under. That would <laughs> yeah. be so sick if they did stuff like that. Like like a two-man scramble even? Like that would yeah. be so sick. Any of it. Like best ball, whatever. Like just mix that in throughout the year. Like that yes. would be an easy way to make golf more. I mean, way we more. love it, but just more yeah. interesting to the common person. Yeah, I wouldn't yeah, be shocked yeah. if they do it because golf is really starting to invest in the YouTube world where like right. all these YouTube golfers are starting to, you know, get yeah, sponsorship yeah, yeah. deals or there's Clubs rumors that like certain guys are going to get to do events with the PGA. There's rumors that there's going to be like this YouTube tournament with like all the best YouTubers playing in a mm-hmm. tournament. Like I think they're really starting to to push to that market. And so all these pro players are now playing on these YouTube channels and they do shit mm-hmm. like that, right? Where they do the right. match plays and the, the scrambles. Mm. So I wouldn't be shocked that the PGA Tour 
is like we need to get in on this action a little bit more and mm. get more viewership that's, that's cool yeah that is cool and it just makes sense i mean it's it's a more exciting way to watch golf and ty to your point earlier about scheffler him and i wish john Rom hadn't cooled off a bit but i'm yeah. excited to see him and rom um compete yes. in, in the first major because they were both and homa those three have been pretty lights out all year long but, yeah, yeah i had a list of names like ricky rom's Fowler. favored still that's is he? the, yeah you can't Scotty's bet against scotty i feel I like know, but yeah it's like 15 to 2 for what rom's odds and that's like the best odds and then scotty's like I had it up earlier. Wait, is this for the right Valero here. next? Ma- no, it's Masters. Masters. So Scotty's eight to one, and John Rahm is slightly better at fifteen to two. Got it. Yeah. So seven and a half. Who, seven who half do you guys? Who are you guys? If you had to uh, place a sprinkle a little bet for the Masters, who are you going on? I have a couple names. Yeah, I mean, um, I mean, obviously Scotty would be a sprinkle. Scotty would no be a, a hammer, almost like, um, in a golf hammer is like. Two bucks for me. Like, yeah, Tyler loves Xander. I, I'd feel like you. I, I don't have him written down. I bet him on the last one. I didn't. He didn't. He wasn't. Hasn't been playing the best golf that I've been seeing. But who has been is Terrell Hatton, that crazy motherfucker. Yeah, that's he, a good he, one. He he's is been a playing crazy really well. Um, I think you got to ride Homa. Hovland's been playing well, and I, Hovland I can't he, finish. He can't finish. <laughs> but if you do a top five, top ten situation, I like him. Yeah. And then Rory just came up or beat Scotty in the match play event. You know, he's been playing well. And Ricky Fowler's fun and Hideki Matsuyama. So I know there's a lot of names, but like in golf, you have to sprinkle like a few. Like, Ty, why don't so you many... just bet on the whole field, dude? I might. I might. <laughs> Can't lose. Like seven Can't golfers. lose that way. <laughs> Can't win either. Yeah, I was going to say, you've covered everybody. Can't so, lose, uh... though. I was going to come true. back after well, the matches. Like, I, I told you. I told you. I told you it was one of those 12 guys. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Connor, who's your guy? You, I feel like you have somebody and you, you're really wanting to say it. I really, I mean, Speeth or Rory. I, I want Speeth. You're back. a huge Speeth guy. I love Speeth. Oh, yeah. I love Speeth. That's because you guys kind of look alike, isn't it? Yeah, that is, that is a big part of it. And I, Spieth, I He's love, been playing well, but he's just like kind of chokes it. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of his thing. Um, I just love how psychotic he is talking <laughs> on the golf course. I feel like that's how I would be if I played professional golf. Is just like the second he hits a shot, he's just like, oh, you've got to be kidding, Jordan. Like, <laughs> just, just hilarious. And so his, Jordan Michael Speed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> just that experience of watching him alone. And the fact that I do think when he's locked in, it's so like he's got. Him and Rory are the only guys to me where I feel excited the way I ever felt or like even close to watching Tiger where like when they're on, I'm like, these two are fun. And for some reason, just electric to watch. Like Scotty's amazing. He bores the shit out of me, even though he hits the same better shots than Rory or. I could uh, see that. He's had a speech. few chip-ins, but other than that, he's driver down the middle. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, the cross arm. <laughs> the weirdest celebration ever. And all he needs is the Masters for the career Grand Slam. So I really – I think I think I'd even take Rory over speed, but those are my two. Yeah, that's fair. I like it. Well, shit. Wow, Tony Finau, 20 to 1. Like, that, you just can't take that. No, because he's 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 Tony Finau. Like I love the guy, but he is not winning the match. Top ten, he's almost he he could be a lock though in a top ten position. Um, 
okay, before we wrap up here, is do you guys think the Liv's dead already? I kind of think it's dead already. I, I just don't care one bit about it. And I'm not even like trying to be like a hardcore like PGA tour guy over Liv. It's just like they we we went. Kyle and I went. They don't care. They're not trying to win really. Like it just doesn't have the oomph. Doesn't have the I just don't yeah, like in and like you said, I feel like we're part of kind of their target market trying to get younger right? people yeah. in involved. Um, if we're still considered young. But the just in general, like I'm with you. Like, I don't care about it at all. And I don't really miss the players that left because I don't think about them. I wish they were on the tour still because it's more fun to have recognizable names, especially like Cam Smith. That one sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Because he's actually good still. Well, he hasn't. Well, DJ's still good. Well, DJ's still good. Amazing. Right. They're all, they're actually, you know, most of them are still good. And Bryson, he would still be. Yeah. But like, so it's a bummer not having them, but I just feel like there's no way that thing sustains like what are they have their tv deal this year no one's watching if you look at like the ratings yeah. like, they're they're really down uh, it's, it's just, and then unless no, they do unless they get the like like i was saying earlier with like the youtube stuff unless they can penetrate that market but i don't think the youtube people want to be involved right right not just, if the pga is asking already yeah like, i mean it feels like you're you'd want to be with the more notable tour, well, but that is a good point. That, that'd be with the Saudi stuff. And I feel like they're just not going to try and like risk. Cause that's like truly their livelihood where it's like, they're not yeah. going to make enough money to where they don't have to work ever again. I feel they like really should have done YouTube golf. That would be a cool life. Oh, oh my, it looks like that's the coolest, but the issue is one of us would have to be like scratch and uh, we're all pretty far from it. That's true. <laughs> yeah. one of we need our fat Perez. Yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly. <laughs> uh, Dude, has, have have you golfed on a sunny weekend this year yet? No, that's the shitty part about Oregon is not not many opportunities for that right now. That's oh, so sad. It's a bummer, dude. It is a bummer. Let's not let's not end this on such a sad note, though. Um, the last thing I wanted to ask on the lift thing was, would you guys let ex PGA guys back into the PGA if the live like folds, or if they, you know, like if Brooks wants to, because that was a rumor for a bit. Well, they're both. Uh, is it Brooks and Cam? They're they're playing in the Masters. I'm pretty sure, right? Yeah, but yeah. that's the the majors aren't technically part of the tour. That's yeah. Uh, okay. You, those are every majors its own. Except PGA. the PGA, I would assume, right? PGA. No, PGA even too. even weirdly, even that one I believe is not like. Yeah, they're the really okay. Tour. Like it's like the the PGA. I, I might be wrong on that because one I of them they really play stupid, but I think they're allowed to play in all four majors this year because each group is like or each major is like self-governed basically yeah. mm-hmm. makes sense um i don't i don't see why you wouldn't let them i mean I, the players might feel differently and i think i think they probably do like the ones on tour like no you, you ditched us for but as a fan it's like yeah i want them back <laughs> i want to watch them yeah play, so as a player as an, a player that didn't go you've got to be so bitter because you could have been like oh so i could have just left and made a boatload well, that's of money why, and came back that's why i'm like if i'm pga you almost can't because you're like yeah so all you did is say the, like, the governing body might not because they were pretty harsh about well and if like if you i i think kyle's point like i would be so fucking mad if i was someone that like if i was rory who yeah. was like the leader of fighting the good fight and then came back and like you're like so i could have taken back. the 500 mil been gone for a year and a half and then came back you know like that sucks <laughs> yeah, yeah. but at the same time it would be cool to see you know dj came like it's it's a weird weird situation 
I just yeah, there'd have to be something with the financials where it'd be like they only spread the money to everyone else or give it back or (laughs) yeah, you give it back or there's there'd have to be something done like that. I I think that's the only way it could work. I guess do the Saudis just have actually unlimited? Like literally, Tyler. Literally, I mean, like I, they it just keeps coming every year. Like there's there's no cap. Literally, oil in the ground. Like yeah, (laughs) there's no. It's never ending. So like, I guess they, you could you, not spend that amount of money if you tried, like what they have. Like it's just I mean, think of they've they've spent over a billion dollars on the golf so thing. What's to stop <laughs> them from just continuing to do this like forever and gain up some history? And then I don't, maybe because I, I don't think they like either that it's viewed as a flop. Like there's also that part mm. of it too, where you don't just throw I mean, they're not just throwing money at it to be unsuccessful. Like mm-hmm. they don't just want a golf tournament or a league. They want to dominate, you know, the golf mm-hmm. industry or landscape. So mm-hmm. I think it's it's like the XFL. It's like you maybe you're not shooting to overtake the NFL, but you can't you don't want to just exist and suck, you know, and, and lose money. Um, sure. it's like you gotta at least fill the void of like okay we'll play when the nfl is not playing to maybe be substantial but if you yeah. can't even well do it's it, working i had it on the tv today for a little bit you're you must be one of a hundred people watching that because i have never it's on espn on. it's it's such a good i like i'm surprised i don't watch it or enjoy it more but for some oh. reason it's just like it's hard to care <laughs> it was it was back yeah. when i it, it wasn't like actually yeah. watching like it was cool to go to the event and just watch really good golfers. It was. We didn't pay. Oh for yeah, tickets. that's. We just got free yeah, tickets, yeah. so it was. We like, got them for free. Yeah. Like if that happened again next year, and I knew when to arrive because Tyler and I waited in traffic for like two hours because we showed up too late. Um, <laughs> I would go again if I would just get there at the actual start time. So right. Watch them right. all play because it's cool to watch. Well, they have a great anytime roster. you can. Yeah. yeah, they have a great roster. So that's the one thing that's definitely they did do right is assemble superstars. It's just for some reason it's hard to it's it's not exciting the way you'd think it would be like every time you turn it on i'd still turn on the pga um, even though they're both yeah. playing golf tournaments you know it really shouldn't matter totally yeah i guess the, the i wonder if the team the team aspect of it doesn't really uh that or, not, or it's less like competitive the, yeah <laughs> <Yes>. exactly <laughs> well i, and, I and thought and i was gonna like it that, but... like the fact that you know like kind of the draw for that league is just how much money can a guy make? And it's like, it's not fun for me to cheer for Dustin Johnson to get richer. I want to like cheer for his legacy or something. Not like, even if it was tiger, I'm not like, Ooh, I hope he makes 15 million instead of 12 this tournament. You know, (laughs) that's not really why I'm tuning in. No, you're counting majors. Right. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. Well, once we get to, uh, live in xfl talk i think we should wrap the pod so for tyler kyle and myself connor we will uh, talk to you next time That's peace a three wins the series it's lillard he got the shot off